Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz, why they are a fit or probably not a fit for the San Francisco 49ers recently released quarterbacks and some projections for what 49ers free agent players might make on the open market this offseason. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you, as always, at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And, of course, this being a Wednesday episode means it is a Winky Wednesday. Let's bring on today's guest. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. What's happening, Wink? How are you, sir? What's up, guys? I'm just waiting for these 40 times to start rolling in. Bench press, I want all the numbers. Let's go. The combine, man, it's slow crazy. You get all excited. Everyone shows up in Indianapolis on Monday, and then it's like you get nothing until Thursday. It's crazy. Uh, But, yeah, it'll be fast 40 times over the weekends when corners and wide receivers start running. Some really key uh, measurements as well when weigh-ins start. There's a lot of folks at the podiums. Uh, we'll get some John Lynch quotes as well, who's hitting the podium Tuesday, uh, kind of as we are recording here for the Winky Wednesday episode. Tomorrow, Croc and I will get into all that stuff. And, of course, we'll have a cover for you with different prospects and different uh, you know, important news that rolls out of Indy, which always happens every single year. But on today's episode, there are brand-new free agents on the market, guys. And I want to start there with the quarterbacks before we start talking about some in-house free agents and some pro football-focused projections. Shout-out to my guy, Brad Spielberger, a friend of the program that we'll have on at some point this offseason to talk contracts as it pertains to the San Francisco 49ers. Has some projections on what some of the 49ers free agents will make on the open market. And we'll kind of go through maybe say yay or nay on what we think uh, those guys will get and if they should get that number from the 49ers. But first... A couple of interesting quarterbacks, a couple of highly drafted quarterbacks. The 49ers have a number three overall pick already on the roster. They could add a couple of number or one. They wouldn't add both, but maybe one uh, of a of a former number two overall pick in Carson Wentz and Marcus Mariota that were recently released. Croc, start with you first. Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz. Do you like either of those names for the 49ers? Should they stay away at the right price maybe? What do you think about a couple of the new free agents that have hit the market after being released recently? Uh, those two guys, I mean, the answer is definitely Marcus Mariota. And for two reasons, one on the field and the other reason is going to be off the field. Let's start with off the field. It feels like anytime you get some inside information on Carson Wentz and kind of who he is, everybody hates him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like they, they hate him. They're giving him away as talented as he was initially coming into the NFL. A guy who was really kind of on pace to potentially win the NFL MVP award. And now it's like, we just don't like you. So that's a really big red flag. But also on the other side, on the field with Marcus Mariota, although he's not the most special thrower of the football or anything like that, I think his skill set is easier to scheme around, right? If you need somebody to come in in a pinch, he can help you in the run game. Some of the things that you want uh, Trey Lance to do, right? Be able to kind of run some of that read option uh, that can kind of stretch some of the defenses. And also, he can make some throws, again, make plays with his legs. So I think just his skill set is easier to scheme around as opposed to Carson Wentz, who for the most part has to play in the pocket. Now, 
he is very talented as well. He can make plays with his legs, but not to the same extent of Mariota. So uh, Mariota, the person he is, how he prepares, all those things, I think you're going to get the most out of what he is, which might not be as great of a talent as Carson Wentz, but definitely has been the better NFL quarterback as far as consistency goes in his career. But if we're talking about a backup quarterback and a guy who hasn't, or maybe like you said, he was just a few weeks away from winning an NFL MVP award. Maybe it is Carson Wentz, right? Maybe it is a guy who, who needs to have a coach who can tap that potential again, you know, and and maybe it's Kyle Shanahan. Maybe it's, it's Kubiak, you know, maybe it's one of these guys that can actually get to him and he'll be a backup. Let's not be, let's not, you know, talk about these guys coming in and starting. We don't, we don't plan on that happening. Oh, we want Trey Lance to win the, the, the job. We want Brock Purdy to win the job. We want one of these two guys to be out there under center for the 49ers. But if you could bring in a guy with huge upside, I'm talking about, you know, Carson Wentz, who has shown that at times he's been brilliant. Yes, I agree. A lot of people aren't a big fan of his off the field. I mean, last year in Washington, Taylor Heineke, right? Everybody was like, oh, we love Taylor Heineke. He's not good, as good at anything that Carson Wentz does. Carson Wentz has a better arm. He, you know, he, he's stronger. He's faster. He's bigger. He's taller. He's all these things. But we prefer Taylor Heineke, you know, so that says a lot about Carson Wentz as a quarterback and probably as how he runs a huddle. So so there is that that downside of it. But if you want to go like, hey, let's see if we can tap into some potential that could really be the sky's the limit. Maybe Carson Wentz is the guy for that. And also uh, Carson Wentz, again, this is the part where it's like people just don't like him. His last year in Indianapolis, uh, you know, obviously they had a nine and eight record. Not amazing, but 27 touchdown passes, seven interceptions on the season. I think most people would say, hey, I would take that, right? Uh, Like, that's not bad. So why are teams so just, hey, yeah, we'll just get rid of this guy. There's got to be something else. As as far as just pure passing numbers, Wentz has had the best seasons. And there's a lot of people that point to him. It's almost like an Antonio Brown where he got hit by, who is it, Vontez Perfect, and and people think that maybe is is what knocked a screw loose with uh, Antonio Brown. Well, that's what Antonio Brown said. Antonio Brown said that he gave him CTE. Yeah, and and he actually uh, he actually said the wrong person too, right? He said he, I think he said like James Harrison, even though it's not the guy <laughs> that hit him. It was his own teammate. So that's how that's how bonkers Antonio Brown is. He didn't even know which guy hit him. Oh um, man! And but with Carson Wentz, there was a similar really dirty hit on him up around the head area, and then he had the ACL, and those I think those injuries were were pretty close to each other, and he was never the same after that in Philly, and then they went on or won a Super Bowl without him with Nick Foles, and he was kind of never the same guy. But even since then, you mentioned it, Croc, he was still above five hundred with a, a yeah. you know Indianapolis Colts team that went with the, the, the number four pick in the draft this year, so they were better actually last year with Wentz than they were with Matt Ryan. And his 27 touchdowns to seven interceptions, 62.4% completion. He's definitely uh, kind of a YOLO ball thrower, you know, Jameis Winston almost style where he's got a big arm and he kind of just chucks it up. And in fact, the 49ers played that team. You remember it was in the rain. And then at the end of the game, they were, he just started chucking the ball up to guys who were covered. And it was like 50-50 ball, 50-50 ball. And it worked for the Colts. Right. They beat the 49ers in 2021. Um, but Marcus Mariota, I think, is a better fit personality wise i think it is pretty important i don't think he's been as good of a thrower throughout his nfl career uh, last year he completed 61.3 percent of his passes for the falcons as a starter for 13 games he had 15 touchdowns through nine interceptions we saw we saw Mariota beat the 49ers last year with you know he was like 15 of 15 efficiency in that game ran the ball a lot didn't put everything on his shoulders but uh you know he added a lot of running ability too and if you're talking about a veteran player that fits skill set wise with 
Trey Lance, then I think Marcus Mariota might be uh, a perfect fit if that's the case, if the, if the 49ers are willing to pay. But again, what is it going to cost for one of these guys for a backup quarterback? And all of a sudden, your right. quarterback room, which is supposed to be cheap and allow you to keep other players, you're going to pay a backup quarterback or a guy that you hope is the backup quarterback, you know, nine, ten million dollars and you know, then say goodbye to Emmanuel Mosley or then say goodbye to Mike McGlinchey because you're paying a quarterback that you hope that you hope doesn't play. And and also when I say consistent as far as these quarterbacks go, it's really more so about Marcus Mariota. You just know exactly what you're gonna get. Yes. And not to say that it's always gonna be better play, but just whatever play he's gonna give you, like he's always gonna give you that. As opposed to Carson Wentz, he can look like the next coming of, you know, I don't know. Peyton Manning Fart. one game and, and yeah. do very well. And then all of a sudden, he just have three, four games in a row where he's just not good. And that's always been kind of the weird thing with him uh, kind of the last few years. So, Wink, it's a, it's a yes or no on either? Oh, I both? think I get a no on both, right? No I, think, both. Like, I think you mentioned it. The key was the, the price tag. I think it would just be too expensive to bring these guys in as essentially what you're going to want to be your third quarterback. You know, I, I know they're talking – there's a lot of rumors out there about the, the competition committee getting together and creating a 49er rule, you know, where you can have that third quarterback that's only there for emergencies suited up on the side. I think that's what the 49ers are going to be looking for going into the free agency in the quarterback room is that – third guy because i think they they feel pretty confident with brock purdy and then you know you still got trey lance you've invested a lot in this kid and you hope that he steps up and takes over that job right i mean that's why you gave so much to get him so i don't think they're going to spend any money on a big name guy it might be a guy that everybody knows like it might be a cheap guy that's kind of been bumping around a veteran you know who's just looking for a landing spot i think makes a lot more sense for them yeah, it'd be nice if they could bring in Mariota and if he would take like a one-year $4 million contract or something like that, you know, then it start mm-hmm. to make a lot more sense to have that security of a player. And uh, when you start looking at guys that you have to pay a little bit too, and it starts, starts to get a little wishy-washy there. And the 49ers need to have some security though. And, and I'm sure Kyle right. Shanahan feels the same way with what he's gone through at quarterback. So one of the big aspects of all of this, and it's hard for the 49ers to make a decision right now because they don't know what the surgery outcome has been yet for Brock Purdy. So I think that's got to be one of the one of the keys. So the 49ers are probably going to have to wait. It's not going to be like, a, we're going to sign a backup on the first day of free agency unless Brock Purdy's already had the surgery and they feel pretty good about what that recovery timeline is going to be. Next, guys, Pro Football Focus has projected dollar amounts, contract amounts for certain 49ers free agents. So let's talk about dollars let's talk about real dollars coming up here on the rest of this episode of locked on 49ers which is presented by FanDuel midway point of the NBA season now it's the perfect time to download FanDuel America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 that's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. I love the app. I love the website, how easy it is to go around and, and make your bets and build your own parlays if that's what you're trying to do. Make a little bit more cash, a bigger chance for a payout with those same game parlays, which are super fun. Uh, you can bet on everything from money line, point scores, threes drained for those basketball games, and college tourneys coming up. Still bet on NFL as well, draft props, future Super Bowl champions, future NFL MVPs. So, Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again, everybody, for uh, watching the and 
listening to the Locked On 49ers podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make this your first listen. It's Winky Wednesday episode with old buddy Nicholas Winkler, my former radio colleague, former sports anchor, TV and radio, joins us. He's the voice of the fan is what I call him here on the uh, on the Locked On 49ers podcast. As the voice of the fan, Wink, we've been going through a lot of free agents. Is there one free agent in-house that you think the 49ers have to bring back? Come on. Right now, like coming right, into the, this next season of, of upcoming free agents, yeah, guys that are hitting the unrestricted <sighs> free agent market. Honestly, I don't think there's anybody they have to have come back. There's a few guys I'd like to have back. Obviously, I'd love to have Jimmy Ward in that secondary. I love what he's done during his time as a 49ers. He'll play linebacker, he'll play safety, he'll play nickel, he'll play corner. It doesn't matter to him. Wherever you want to put Jimmy Ward, he's going to play and he's going to play at a high level. So for me, he'd be the top priority. But to say that they need to have any of these guys back. I don't know. I mean, it leaves a big hole, right, on the right side of the of the offensive line if McGlinchey's gone. But that being said, is McGlinchey worth the money that he's going to get? No. I'm not even going to say probably not because he's not. He's not worth the amount of money he's going to get. Speaking of that money, according to Pro Football Focus, Mike McGlinchey, and we're just going through the guys here, and the 49ers have half a dozen guys that are in the top 100 of free agents, and they've got their projection, their pro- projected uh, contract that they would sign as a free agent. Mike McGlinchey projected to get four years, $62 million, which uh, by my math is $15.5 million per year for Mike McGlinchey. Croc, is that a yay or a nay for you? A a yay and a nay, as in I expect him to get that much, just maybe not from the 49ers. So if Mike McGlinchey hits free agency, talks to teams, comes back to the 49ers, says, hey, guys, I got 462 from the Chicago Bears. I'll stay if you match it. I... If I'm the 49ers, I'd match it. If I feel confident that he can even slightly improve over last year where he's coming off of a really serious injury. Mm. Wink doesn't sound like he wants to match it. No, it's just a lot of money, you know, when you're already paying such, you know, all these high-tier guys and you – and you got to worry about Nick Bosa, right? You got to worry about Brandon Ayuk. You got to worry about a couple of guys that are that are due some, some good paydays, especially Bosa. Like, that's going to be incredible how much he's right. going to be paid. So you can invest no, you know, $14, $15 million in a right tackle who's, like you said, he had a pretty good year coming off a serious injury, but you know, it, it, is it going to go up or down after that Who once he gets paid? Who knows? Is that money guaranteed? Right? Like that's not 62 uh, guaranteed, yeah. right? No, right. it's just the no, no. total value of the contract. Yeah, so see, average so. 15 and a half per year. So the way it's structured, whatever's guaranteed would probably, you know, be less than 15 and a half in the first year this year and then, you know, grow and then who knows? Maybe I bet there's a way to where you can make it essentially a three-year, uh, $10 million a year contract. That's like if, you, if it's only $30 million guaranteed. It, it probably wouldn't be that severe because then that would mean there's, you know, like a one-year $32 million year. In <laughs> At year the end four. of it. So it'd be more like, let's say if year four is $20 million and you cut that off, so it would be a three-year $40 million contract. It's better. It's still not great. Yeah, yeah. see, I mean, but that's that's cool. I mean, thirteen million a year for a right tackle right. because again, my biggest issue is one, we don't know how much longer Trent Williams is going to play. Two, right. you haven't had really draft capital to really like invest in offensive alignment, at least not this year. And if 49ers continue to win, you're not going to be able to get a, a high caliber offensive tackle. So your best bet is to kind of, and I hate playing it safe, but kind of play it safe by bringing McGlinchey back, where at the very least he is a legit starting NFL tackle. And if Trent Williams retires after next season. You only have one spot that you have to that you have to look to fill up. This, is, that, this you, is where it's important that you know McCaffrey stays healthy. 
that Trey Lance turns out to be something for you or you trade him to get a pick back because that's where you start to miss out without, you know, three years of a first round pick is drafting positions like, you know, big time defensive linemen, you know, offensive tackles, uh, you know, corners, wide receivers. It's really hard to find really impact players at a lot of those. You can find a tight end. You can find interior offensive linemen. You can find rotational defensive linemen. You can find safeties outside of you know the top 50 picks but it starts to get a little harder to find impact players at positions like offensive tackle if you don't have those picks but with a position like right tackle i mean is it and and mcglinchy for that instance let's say he is going to be the right tackle right we you give him a four mil four four year contract right and then after the season trolling was like i'm done is mcglinchy the kind of guy that could pop over to left tackle and take over the more important tackle position or are you then hitting the market for a left tackle which is even yeah. harder to find that's a good point because you'd still be in the market for a left tackle. I don't think you're flipping McGlinchey over to the left side, right? Yeah. Could you get a guy that that is more so a left tackle, you know? And but you play him at right as long as Trent Williams is there, so then you have a little bit more versatility if Trent does decide this is it. After yeah, I mean, you you'd be drafting and developing and hoping some of yeah. the guys you have in house, and and you'd be kind of waiting to where you have to spend either in trade and you would have a first round pick again in 2024 to either go draft a guy, move up in the draft, um, trade for, you know, go trade for Laramie Tunsil or whatever, if you have to do something like that. So it, you're, there's more options next off season in 2024, just because you have those picks, you have a first round pick and a second round right. pick again, and you can go make things happen with either drafting or, or trading for guys. If that's the way you have to do it. Jimmy Garoppolo projected to get a one year contract for $15 million. I feel like that's a little light. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's the injury I, history. Yeah, he is definitely stopgap. Like he's a good fit for exactly what he did with the 49ers. Is you 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 sign Garoppolo short term, and then at some point during that guy you drafts rookie year, Garoppolo makes the decision easy for you. You don't have to bench anybody because he gets hurt, and then you put the rookie in. You know, like that's kind of <laughs> what I envision Garoppolo is for somebody. I don't think he's going to be somebody's savior. Um, but I feel like he'll get a little bit more than someone like Wentz, someone like Mariota. And I think a lot of those teams screwed up last year because they went for Mariota and they went for Wentz and they could have had Garoppolo. They went for, uh, you know, like the Panthers with, with, I don't know what the Panthers were doing at quarterback. They should have just stuck in the draft and drafted Justin Fields uh, in, in 2021. But um, he's, he's, he's better than Trubisky, right? If we're looking at quarterbacks and what they got last off season, Wentz, they tr- they traded uh, two thirds for Wentz. It could have been a second round pick, but Wentz didn't. I don't think uh, hit the incentives or hit the the marks for for Indy to get that from Washington. Um, but that's kind of the deal. And you know, we're we're hearing some reports this year that that would have been Garoppolo's deal with Washington, but he had the injury. But he still has the injury, so I don't know if a team can can count on him, but. I feel like it's going to be a two-year deal, closer to twenty million for Garoppolo. Maybe, maybe, maybe he won't get that much. I don't know. It's really hard to know what teams are going to think about Garoppolo in the free agent market. Yeah, I, I was expecting like really twenty to twenty-five million a year for him. Right, dude. They're talking that's about what he's worth, right? Yeah, I think so. He's taking a pay cut too versus what he got just a few years ago with the 49ers. And not just that. I mean, that's far less than some of the other guys like. Yeah. Dak Prescott, right? Like I, oh, I kind of look at Dak Prescott where he's right at that bubble of the quarterbacks where you want to improve over but kind of can't. But also, you know, he's not in that elite. Better than most. 
category, you know. So I mean, if he's getting north of forty million dollars, then Jimmy they're G absolutely about, should get minimum twenty to twenty five, like minimum. They're talking about giving Daniel Jones forty million dollars. That's right. crazy. Which blows my mind. Like I'm for sure letting him walk and signing Garoppolo, if that if those are my two options, right? Like not even close. Well, to be fair, Daniel Jones doesn't have a, a big injury history, and his legs are a lot better than than Garoppolo's. So you could you could see why New York would want to keep him, but that's too much money to pay him. But then again, if if teams don't see you as this is my answer for multiple seasons, then you've become right. You've hit the stopgap portion of your career, which probably makes sense then for a one year contract for Garoppolo, who might want to play well for a whole season, stay healthy, then maybe get a, a better deal the next offseason. I could I could definitely. I mean, there's four teams in the NFC South right now. They need a starting quarterback. So yeah, he should just be kind of hanging out down there, going from station to station. And you're like, hey, I'm available. Let's talk. One thing that seems very likely, even though we're talking about stopgap type quarterbacks, it's not going to be with the 49ers, though, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is kind of wild. Man. So he's not going to see that one year 15 from the San Francisco 49ers. Projections for free agent contracts for Charles Amenehu, Jimmy Ward, Samson Abacom, and Aziz Alshair next, plus the kind of money that people are throwing around for Nick Bosa's projected Ooh. new contract as well. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Check out the brand-new Locked On NFL Draft with hosts Damian Parson and Keith Sanchez. In-depth coverage of the biggest NFL Draft prospects, deep dives into sleepers, and hidden gems for all of your NFL franchises. Find Locked On NFL Draft wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and Make sure you subscribe to the brand new YouTube channel for Peacock and Williamson. Myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson coming at you every single day covering the entire NFL. Charles Amenehu's projected contract, guys, is two years, $17.5 million. And I think that's pretty fair. And I think that's something the 49ers would have to entertain to make sure they've got themselves covered with a guy who who's very versatile on the defensive line, played really well, especially, you know, they have to figure out what's going on with his off-season, off-field stuff with Amenahu. Um, but as long as they're comfortable there, two years, $17.5 million, and, and, and that's going to play itself out, and I think it's going to keep Amenahu from getting anything bigger on the free agent market. So I kind of like that projection. I think it's pretty accurate, and I think that's something the 49ers should entertain. What do you guys think? Wink, two years, 17.5 for Charles Amenahu. Yeah, he's a playmaker. I think you got to lock that guy up. I mean, obviously, the off-the-field stuff worries you a little bit, uh, but they played him in, in the postseason. You know, they he had, they had no problem rushing him out there, and they knew as much information yeah. as anyone, right? I mean, so, right. so you that kind of keys me into how they think yeah. about it. I thought the same thing. So he they, he ran right out there in the preseason or the postseason and played. So um, I don't think they would, you know, based on what we know, which is nothing, uh, just <laughs> what they're telling us is they're telling us they were comfortable with playing him. So it's probably they're comfortable with bringing him back. Croc, eight and a half million dollars. Amenahu, you're muted. I think you're muted, Croc. Yeah, there we go. yeah, I was muted. He eight and a half million. If hmm. that's going right now, the, the one thing I guess you could justify paying him that is he's a guy that has the versatility. He can play outside. He can play inside. Uh, you know, he's been very durable while playing for the 49ers. I feel like in big moments you've seen him pop up and, and make a play mm-hmm. where other guys that sometimes even get paid a little bit more, uh, you don't see that type of like splash plays and key moments. So yeah, a lot of money, but 
I think he is somebody who, when you're losing these other guys and you talk about Ebicam and not getting him back, then Amenahu is somebody that you can definitely get, especially if you don't know exactly what you're getting from Drake Jackson just yet. Right. It's probably going to come down to Amenahu or Samson Abicom. And Abicom's projection is just a, a hair higher. It's three years, 30.8 million. So you're talking about two years at eight and a half for Amenahu or just over $10 million for three years with Abicom. Uh, and to me, I, I'm going to go Amenahu there. Wink? Yeah. Same, same. I mean, I think both guys have played really well for the 49ers. I think as the the voice of the fan, I think they both passed the eye test, right? They both are guys that, like Croc said, pop up in big moments that you're like, oh, there's Abraham, you know? Oh, yeah, there's a Metahue, you know? Like, you, you like that. That's what you need from, from that position. And so I think that if you're going to invest so much money in Nick Bosa and you're going to have the option to do that and you're still paying Eric Armstead so much money, like, you probably go with the cheaper of the two between the Menahue and, and Apicom because you got already so much money invested in that defensive line that maybe you need to save that money a little bit. What do you guys think about this idea? Because, and as the voice of the fan, wink, hmm. trademark, copyright, voice of the fan. Um, like, should the 49ers be spending money on anybody that the fan isn't walking in and grabbing their jersey off the rack? <laughs> With with how much they have to pay to Bosa and Trent Williams, and you know, hopefully at some point paying a quarterback in the near future, because they've seen they bring in Arden Key. Oh, look, he looks great. Gets a deal somewhere else. DJ Jones looks great. Gets a deal somewhere else. Should they just keep bringing in guys on the cheap and getting making those, helping those guys earn money with other teams? Because it seems like they're filtering guys in on defense, and everyone they bring in rotationally plays well. You're not wrong. You're Jordan Willis. You know, like a lot of names of these guys that, you know, were supposed to be something somewhere else and then all of a sudden come to the Niners and it's like, look, they this scheme is great. You're playing with all these great players. Like, maybe they do just keep inserting guys that are, you know, coming in kind of like a, a pitcher, right, that's looking – or or a starting quarterback that's looking – they got that one-year deal, right? They come in, they prove themselves, they go out, they make some money elsewhere. Like, maybe they get a couple of guys that have, have been better in the past, maybe had a down year or two, maybe coming off of an injury – and they can just bring them in, you know, plug and plug and play kind of thing. Do the 49ers have that kind of magic on defense, Croc? And is it, and is it because of Bosa? Because you know what's funny is everyone talks about Kyle Shanahan's record with Jimmy Garoppolo. Kyle Shanahan's record with Nick Bosa is almost the same because Bosa's kind of been hurt like Jimmy was mm -hmm. for, for big stretches, and those were the years where the 49ers weren't good. Ever since Nick Bosa's been in the lineup for the 49ers, the 49ers are good. You, you know, if you're, we're talking about QB wins, what about defensive end wins? And that's why Bosa's going to make so much money. Um, but are the 40, do the 49ers have something on defense? And we'll see what it looks like under Steve Wilkes. But they're so good that – don't pay anybody. Don't pay Ward. Don't pay a man who don't pay Abelcom because you can find guys off. You can find Tayshawn Gibson. You can find the next mm -hmm. Amenahu, the next Abelcom, the next Arden Key, the next T.Y. McGill. T.Y. McGill is probably someone they should bring up, bring back. Um, uh, by the way, Tayshawn Gibson is not projected on here, which means the, the, the PFF mm -hmm. folks think his price will be lower than Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward, two years, 13 and a half million, which is pretty low. That's actually a pay cut for, for Jimmy Ward. So we're talking about, you know, less than 7 million a year for a two-year contract for Jimmy Ward. Um, so my two-pronged question for you, Croc, do the 49ers have magic on defense where they should not pay guys and allow themselves to have values there and and filter through players? Or do they need to pay some of these guys like Aminu, Abelcom, or maybe Jimmy Ward at about you know, seven and a half mil per year. You're going to have to pay a couple of those guys, but I think the magic that you're seeing with the 49ers 
is coaching. 49ers mm-hmm. have really good coaches that put their players in positions to be successful, and I think uh, they've done a terrific job of that, especially on the defensive side of the ball, very consistent with it as well at all levels. You know, I kind of reference being able to win with Josh Norman out there, right? And obviously at a different time, maybe not quite the – uh, results that 49er fans want, right? You want that shutdown guy, and Josh Norman isn't that. But overall, the defense as a whole didn't really take a step back when he was out there. So they do a really good job of that, and I think that's what they're doing now. Are they masking deficiencies? If you had somebody more talented, could you do more, right? And those are the right. things that we don't quite know. You know, uh, for the first time the, since when uh, Javarius Ward showed up, like we saw 49ers shadow receivers with the cornerback. Right, so if you have guys that you feel like could do more, then you know obviously you want those type of guys. So talked about uh, Aminahu being able to play outside and inside, like that's why you play him as opposed to maybe somebody else who you could put in the spot. But then, dang, that's all he can do. Right, but for me, you talk about the coaching, right? And so they lost Solid in New York, and they and then they lost D'Amico Ryan's. Are these guys going to go after a lot of these 49er guys that maybe played for them? Right now, they're a free agent. Oh, bring these guys in. So does that kind of raise the price for the 49ers for some of their in-house guys because their coaches are elsewhere now and and will pay them a little bit more? I thought the Jets would steal more guys, but clearly Robert Sala wasn't in charge of the roster. And GM Joe Douglas had different ideas about guys he wanted to bring in. And there was a few ex-49ers that did end up uh, on the Jets, but there's fewer than I thought. You know, there's potential probably for more with D'Amico Ryans, but again, he's not the GM and a GM when mm-hmm. the GM hires a new coach, usually the GM has more power and, and has that roster control. But the last name on this list is Aziz Al Shayer. And uh he's only listed he's only projected to get two years eight million. So four million per year. I would almost want to keep Al Shayer for that. That's that's pretty cheap for a starting caliber linebacker. He's a really good player. Uh but A, I think he'll get more than that. And B, I think he'll get more than that from D'Amico Ryans and the and the Houston Texans. So I, I would be surprised if Al Shire comes back just because how much they're paying. And even if it's $4 million per year, I mean, the 49ers are already paying two linebackers in Greenlaw and Warner. I don't know how you can pay more at linebacker, uh, but he's a good player. And if he's, you know, that's a that's a, that's a a bargain for any team, I think, for how good of a player Al Shire is to get that, that caliber of a starting inside linebacker for $4 million per year. Croc, you bringing back Al Shire? I like him, but I think I can let him walk with who the 49ers have at the linebacker position. I do think uh, out of all the positions, that's a spot where you can plug someone else in and he not have to have, like, the biggest of roles but still do well because of the other guys. I think, you know, obviously we all know about Dre Greenlaw, but or excuse me, Fred Warner, but Dre Greenlaw, who I was thinking about talking about, Greenlaw, I mean, he I feel like he's kind of the, the tone setter on that mm. defense. And Fred Warner does a lot of it too, but man, those guys, I don't know if they just feed off of each other, but as long as you have those two, I don't think you have to bring back an outsider, which I'm surprised I'm saying that because a year ago, I was getting messages from people in the Indy after watching the 49ers versus Colts game, and they were asking, who the hell is 51? And is he the all-pro linebacker or is it Fred Warner? And now I'm saying, ah, you don't really need him. <laughs> yeah, do you remember last offseason, Croc, we were saying, probably trade Greenlaw and keep Al Shayer. And if this is the prices they're going to get, Al Shayer might be cheaper than Greenlaw. Uh, and I like Greenlaw, but uh, I like Al Shayer too. And if, if he's going to be a lot cheaper, then maybe that was the way to go for the 49ers yeah. uh, if they could have gotten something. But by the way, speaking of getting some, I think at least four of the six names we're talking about here are probably going to walk, maybe five or six, maybe all six of them end mm-hmm. up walking. We're talking about comp picks, guys. Niners yeah. uh, collecting comp picks like they're going out of style, and it's been very what important. They do. 
Yeah, and so especially with how good they've been in uh, the the late rounds of the NFL draft on day three, the NFL draft is important. So they're going to have more of those comp picks coming this offseason. I think they're going to let more guys walk than they bring back, and especially not be bringing back guys from the outside that would count against their comp formula there. Well, like you said, Croc, you know, you got to kind of find places to 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 bring you know in cheaper guys, especially if you're going to give. Nick Bosa kind of quarterback money, right? You need to trim areas, you know, that maybe, yeah, $4 million's cheap for Al- Alshaya, right? But you can bring in a guy for less than that, you know, and then kind of push that money towards the Nick Bosa fund. Speaking of Bosa, uh, from everything I've seen, he's projected to get something like, and he wasn't part of this uh, article from PFF with, with free agent projections because he's not a free agent, but he's projected to get the most of any non-quarterback in NFL history, which would be over $30 million per year, something like 30 to $35 million per year, possibly for Nick Bosa. I'm looking at the edge rushers right now. Um, His brother is the second highest paid defensive end in the NFL. Joey Bosa had a contract worth a total of $135 million, which is 27 mil per year. TJ Watt went just a little bit over that $28 million per year. So you're looking at, you know, 20 at the very minimum, probably 29 mil per year for, for Nick Bosa. And he could surpass Tyreek Hill. Who's getting exactly 30 million per year on his new contract that he signed with the dolphins after that trade. And I believe um, the other highest paid non quarterback is Devontae Adams around 28 and a half million, I think at wide receiver. So mm. that's the, that's the low end of the neighborhood, probably 29 million and the high end is maybe even 35 million. I don't know if he'll get that much, but uh, he's going to get $30 million per year probably is Nick Bosa and, and very likely be the highest paid non-quarterback in NFL history. So, yeah, you got a quarterback contract for a non-quarterback too, even though you got a, a very cheap quarterback room at this point. Yeah. I think what you do is you have like quarterback money, right? And then you have game changer money. And all those guys you named are game changers. Offense or defense, it doesn't matter. Like, can you go out and change the just the trajectory of your team's game with one or two plays? Yeah, those guys can do it. Yeah, does the does the opposing team have to change the way they play because yes. of the player on your side of the ball? Yeah. And a lot of and this is why a lot of people are talking about having a separate salary cap for quarterbacks, too, is because it's just it's like imagine how different they imagine if Trey Lance hit right and you're you have a star nine million dollar quarterback versus a team that has to pay 45 million dollars for daniel jones you know what i mean like that's that's pretty wild uh and and it's a quarterback driven league but some players do impact the game that much i think nick bose is one of them and you know guys like tyree kill Devontae adams tj watt those guys are too Mm -hmm. Niners can do what they want to do with cap Here's the other thing I'll say about the salary cap before we go, guys, um, because everyone just throw ah, sh- whatever, just restructure, restructure all these guys. It's like, OK, that's you know, you, they can get under this year and that's fine. And they're trying to win and, and they'll, they'll probably restructure multiple guys this year. But again, you wouldn't have to make nine million dollars of cap space if you didn't already restructure D Ford, who now you're paying $9 million to not play football for you. So you end up paying that and it just keeps on going and compounding and compounding year after year, whereas don't make bad decisions now, so that way you have to restructure guys later to pay someone nine million dollars to not play for you. So there, there's that as well. So you don't want to go crazy with the with the cap gymnastics either. Good call. Thank you, everybody, for listening to uh, that 
rant from me about the salary cap, which I really don't know that much about to be talking <laughs> about. We're going to have some salary cap experts here on Locked On 49ers with us this offseason. Appreciate Nick Winkler always joining us every Wednesday, whether it is the on-season or the off-season. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Croc and I will be back with you tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers. See you.